We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van It is so good to see you, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet, coming to you from the beautiful, incredible, unbelievably amazing Blue Wire Studios inside the Wynn Las Vegas. And this was definitely a first for the show. Our first baby. TJP texted me like an hour before our interview and said that plans had changed and that he and his fiance, Aria Blake, didn't have anyone to watch their almost one-year-old son, James. So he said, hey, could James come with me for the interview? I said, of course. So TJ set up a little playpen during our interview just to TJ's right. And there's definitely a few moments where you can hear James in the background. He just clearly had a lot to say. But it's been it's been three years since the last time I interviewed TJP. Obviously, a lot's changed in the fact that he now has a fiance and he now has a son. But that last interview was just after he left WWE and was having some amazing success doing his own thing. He's now doing a lot of work. He's signed to New Japan. He is the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, and he's on social media at Mega TJP. I'm there at Chris Van Vliet. Please take a screenshot, share this on social media, and tag us so we can share it as well. And please enjoy it. It's CVV and TJP. This is a first for the show. It's the first baby. Oh, you can, and he on cue, he's even saying stuff back there. <laughs> he's trying to you, I think you need to grab him. Should we, yeah, I'll grab yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, even though you got all situated with the headset and everything. Oh, James is making his podcast debut on Insight. Here he is. Does he speak yet? How old is he? He's going to be one in, uh, he's going to be one in a few weeks. You're going to be able to put those back on? <laughs> oh, James, James, you got to base me now. Uh-oh. It's almost James's birthday. Oh, that one's turned. Uh, yeah, there we. This is great. Oh, James now has something to play with. This works out perfectly. <laughs> well, happy early birthday, buddy. Say you're excited. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Look at him. Oh man. Yeah, he's got actually this. Uh, this shirt was made by uh, Jade Chung, and a gift from Josh Alexander. We got Jordans and. This uh, Kobe Filipino shirt, homemade. <laughs> this is, congratulations. Oh, thank you. This it, was, a, you know, a, a, the biggest dream I've ever had. I, it, it's, uh, it's funny. Like, I only care about wrestling so much as hoping it would lead me to this someday. And now that I got it, I'm like, man, do I just, do I stop wrestling? <laughs> well, not only did wrestling lead you to this, wrestling leads you to the person or led you to the person you made this with. Like, yes. Wrestling led you to Aria Blake. You guys are now engaged, so congratulations on that, well, too. Thank you, yeah. And now, look at this. You made a person. Yeah, I always tell her, if she wants to just go ahead, I'll be the stay-at-home dad, and she <laughs> she she makes her career jumps, then go ahead, I'll stay home. Man. She's like, what are you talking about? You're in the middle of... <laughs> oh, we got the slobber happening. Oh, oh good stuff, boy. buddy. Wow. Oh, he likes this. He likes when I... Wow! 
He stands now, actually. He just started standing about a week ago. Oh, so walking's not far away now. No, no. And he barely learned how to crawl, but now he's standing. He's a strong oh, he, kid. He's he gonna, wants to, like, get out. Look at it. Yeah, he's going to be a bruiser, man. Yeah. I can't, I'm not going to be able to keep him off a field or court or something someday. In, like, 18 years, it can be TJP versus James. <laughs> that You know, Dave Penzer says, I'm not allowed to quit until he's old enough to be in a tag match with me, and he's, he refuses to quit until he can announce it. Well, the great thing is when you're in your 50s, you'll still look the same. Like, <laughs> you haven't aged ever. Well, we'll see if my knees and my back will agree with that. But, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, what, what, we've, I think we talked about this. It's like Mr. Miyagi, like you, you um, or rather, you, you, I'll look like this. I'll look 30 and under until I'm 64. And then out of nowhere, I look like Mr. <laughs> Miyagi. Fingers, yeah, I wake yeah. up and look like that. What would you say, being a father, what, what's the biggest change that has happened for you? Um, stuff that I kind of always thought would be the case. Um, okay, maybe he needs to go back in his playpen. Yeah, let's go back in your... Say ring. goodbye, buddy. Let's go back in your ring, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he has his own little <laughs> ring over here. <laughs> we'll, we'll put him away here. I like that one of his toys that was in there was the Tag Team Championship. Yeah, oh, look at this. We even have a camera on it. That's, that looks like a creepy baby camera that we have in the studio. It was just randomly set up for this. That's now we have people outside looking at all this. Wow, this is I guess we've got an infant here for you to look at. <laughs> Man, okay. Um, but I mean, everything that I kind of expected is really all the big changes. You know, I I I'll, I want to spend all my time with the family, obviously, and, and I, I've always been kind of a homebody just without the family. Mm. Like uh, I. Th <laughs> I think people have an outside perception of me, like like I I'm very social or outgoing. A lot of people think I'm an asshole. Um, what? Really? <laughs> but honestly, like I I um I've always been like I I I'm was it like when you don't announce when you're leaving like a party or whatever the is that is that the Irish goodbye is that what they say I I, I think yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the king of that. I, I you know, if, if I go the out Houdini, with the guys, the Houdini, yeah, like if I go out it. with everybody, I, I'm usually the first to get back to the room. I just want to like pick up a video game controller or call, you know, my significant other or something like that and just kind of be in. And so he's got a lot to say. Yeah. He's cutting his first promos today. This is great. I love that when you texted me an hour ago, you're like, so, like, some plans changed. Is it okay if James comes to the studio? Like, <laughs> I for sure thought the rest of that text was going to be like, some plans changed. I got to look after him now. <laughs> I didn't, did not expect that to be, I'm going to bring a baby to the interview. <laughs> hey, buddy. Do you want to watch, should he watch, like, TV in the other room or something? I, I'm, no, this is totally okay. fine. Yeah, let me know if the noise is too much. Well, we can... No, I, can... I think people, we've introduced that he's here. It's not like there's just a, you know... Oh, he found a new toy. He's great. He has bottle cap, yeah. He has. A, he's playing with a bottle <laughs> cap, so he's going to be okay. And we've learned that this camera up here is a baby cam. Yeah, so. he's got the, the WrestleMania 10 <laughs> camera. Can we punch that up again? That was so good. Look at this. <laughs> Look at, at any point in time. You could just call for that. I, I gotta, call for the WrestleMania gotta, 10 cam. I got to teach him to find the camera. This actually reminds He's me a little bit the of the um, find the hard cam. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of the um, when Impact very early on had the the jib cam, the crane cam. Oh yeah, yeah. Nobody else was doing that in wrestling. Yeah. I was talking about that recently with Chris Harris. We were talking about the Elix Skipper cage walk to the Hurricane Rana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, one of the things that made that so cool is the crane followed him it's along. It's so cinematic. It's following. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, usually we'd be looking way up at that. Yes, yeah. Or like a hard cam shot where it's really wide. Yeah. I, I remember um, during the time when I was suicide, I, I had a kind of a, I guess like a dangerous ladder type moment. Um, and uh, if they weren't, I don't think they had that same camera at the time. And so it was just kind of a wide shot. It looks cool because you see the whole arena was at the time when they were doing sort of like, like bigger arenas, kind of like, like, like AEW size now. Yeah. You know? Um, but it wasn't the same as that, that one camera that and one. that, 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 that camera and the impact zone that they had that, yeah, it was, that was, that's always very cool. So it's kind of like a blessing in disguise for you right now. You were saying that like you're doing a lot of New Japan dates. Yeah. This is great. So you get to spend more time with the family. Yeah. I, uh, so it's tough being away, but it is, uh, I'll tell the younger guys on tour, 
you know, especially when it's like their first tour. I just did the best of the Super Junior. Some of the guys was their first uh, tour or one of their first tours. or they're just young guys, you know. And I would tell them like when I first started, and this is going to age me really bad, but when I was first going overseas and like to Japan, Mexico and you know, on these long tours, uh, and this was like 2002. So now this is going back 20 years. Um, you know, there was no, like I couldn't FaceTime. Like if I had a family, then I couldn't FaceTime the kid in the morning. Or mm. Now every day I, I can do that and it's great. And, um, but before it was like, there was not even like Wi-Fi. You had to go to internet cafe. So you had to like and take a type had, an email yeah, out. Yeah. You had to take a taxi like and reserve an hour on this computer to check an email or like buy a phone card from 7-Eleven, walk to, uh, you know, a strange payphone on the street in the middle of the night. And you got 15 minutes before time is up. And it costs you like $2 a minute or something. Yeah. And 100% chance you're going to fight with your wife or girlfriend on that call. So you have 15 <laughs> minutes to get shouted at. And then you got to walk like a doofus back to 7-Eleven and buy three more cards. So you could get yelled at for 30 more minutes. Nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's different now. Now you can FaceTime and I mean it's like you're like you're there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's a lot better now and I, I like the schedule. It's it it's hard to be away say for like 2 3 weeks. And this last one I was away for almost 2 months. And so I compared it to it's almost like being like a military dad. Hmm. Like you like I'm being deployed or something like that. And it's like oh, well, dad's going to be gone a while. It's not like if I was in like if I was in WWE still. But on the on that note, I, I sort of prefer it because now when I'm home, I'm home. Yeah. So now it's like if I get a few weeks off before the next tour, a month off, like this time I got like a month off, um, two months off actually. So I could work if I want to. Otherwise, I'm just home, and that's nice. It, it's nice to know that it's like, all right, sorry, I gotta, I gotta leave every Friday morning, and I won't be back till Tuesday, you know. And then it's and then that kind of sucks. But it must be difficult because, especially at the age that he's at. If you're gone for two months, you're gone for like 20% of his life. Yeah. Well, we were, I don't know if Aria was, I, maybe she didn't think about it because she was here every day. But like, for me, I was nervous. I was going to miss milestones. Mm. But uh, thankfully, it, uh, everything worked out that uh, most of his firsts, he's almost done with all his firsts. Uh, like, I think technically we're counting Dada's his first word. He's, hey, congrats. He's, wow. He's, he, he muttered it the other day. I don't know if he knows what it is. So we're only 50% confirming that that's his first Was word. Was it clear or were you like, I think that, that might have been Dada. So he started with Dada like a couple times and then he fired it off like 27 times in a row. So we don't know if he's just learning a new sound or if he's starting to pick up on, because we try to mm. teach him like mama, Dada and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I was... Like three days after I got home, he stood up for the first time. So I got home from Japan and we were just sitting in the in the living room and he stood up and just looked at us and then <sighs> sat down. And he doesn't do it the easy way either. He um he doesn't use like furniture or the walls of like his crib or anything. He just he gets like he's gonna crawl and then he puts his butt in the air like he's doing downward dog. He's been doing this for a while. And and then when he's uh when he's in that position, he pushes all the way up. So he does it the hard way. I guess it's like his dad who does everything difficult and doesn't <laughs> doesn't listen to reason or or do do something more more easy. But uh, but I haven't missed anything. I was there when he sat up for the first time when he crawled, and uh, so we've been lucky. And I think if if I'm walking as soon, yeah. If I if I if I'm able to see him take his first steps and run and bash his head for the first time, <laughs> then I think uh, I think we've cleared all the milestones, and then it, it becomes a little easier to go away because then. You're not worried about missing things. And then later on, I just got to make sure I make the football games and stuff. So. Although I've heard a lot of couples be like, the reason I don't want to be away is like, I don't want to, like right now it's 50-50, you know, when I'm away, it's then 100% of my partner and I just then feel awful. Yeah, that's a big part of it for me. So we've like, like I've been away obviously before and I, I don't think Arya's ever, um, <coughs> I don't think she's ever like, um, been exposed to this sort of like travel schedule like at this level of like business and stuff and um like with mlw which is where she was before it was you know like american tv style stuff with tapings and everything so this was kind of like our way of learning like what what does she need when i'm gone because you mm -hmm. you think about it you kind of know it but until you experience it you don't really 
I guess, you know, especially being being the guy, like until you get yelled at for it, you don't really know <laughs> like, oh, like what you okay. gotta do. So it's like now, oh, now oh. I know. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I gotta find a good cleaner, a house cleaner, so she doesn't always have to clean. Oh, okay. You know, or like uh, for the pets in the backyard. That we found a pet service that will clean up pet bathroom mess. Oh, so okay. like that like we we found I we were able to find little things like that that um that can help her and then uh and then we have you know there's there's friends and people around uh uh he has his primary babysitter is actually melissa santos and brian cage so they both of them have sat right there yeah wow and uh, and actually shout out to uh renee because she was the one that helped me find uh those uh services cleaning and oh, stuff like wow. that because when her and john were still out here yeah she kind of ran into the same thing like man it's so hard to have the kid and to you know yeah. be overwhelmed with certain tasks and so i i i texted them from japan one day i said guys i i am i'm dying here i i need some help um, <laughs> i'm i'm against the firing range right now i gotta figure something out and this and she was like no call this place is great so thank you renee if you see this i appreciate you saved my life it's been almost three years i think it's been a little over three years since we sat down it was double or nothing weekend 2019 that's right yeah you it, and you were so gracious because you had just flown in that morning you came straight from the airport to our hotel. You're we staying at the Excalibur because it was across the street from That's the MGM right, Grand. Yeah, yeah. Much cheaper than the MGM Grand. <laughs> <laughs> and you came right over and did that interview with us. And it was not long after you had left WWE. And like it was pretty big news at the time that you were making more money after leaving WWE. Yeah, I think I actually think that was my first like interview or like podcast thing. I think um, so. And of any sort, like uh, at that time. It was very new. We got interrupted by room service, not room service, but like, uh, like housekeeping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle yeah. of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. Um, and yeah, I do. I remember us talking about that. And um, God, people, fans will fight over anything. Give them any bit of information, <laughs> they'll fight with each other over anything. Well, I think people wanted to see that as a negative against WWE, but I, I saw it as a positive of like, look how good you are getting yourself booked. Well, and I actually just talked uh, loosely about not not about me specifically in that time or that story, but um, um, I was talking with some of the guys uh, this past week. We were at uh, what was it, uh, Starcast, mm -hmm. and uh, New Japan had had a show there, and and um, just like when I see that, I, I don't, I didn't look at it as like a validation for me or anything I, I i don't really tend to look at a lot of this stuff like personally like how i'm connected to it but what i kind of got out of that experience and you know what we're talking about as far as like being able to earn in the business that people are able to do in or out of wwe or anywhere AEW, anything sure just the importance of people to understand you know business 101 and and, and like you know, basic building blocks of capitalism and just how to be a responsible adult, I guess. You know, like um, a lot of people, especially this past generation, for several generations, and you hear it a lot, mostly in a critical way, and I hate to say it this way because I don't want people to take it as critical, but there's validity in the, um, not label, but statement, but like people playing wrestler. Mm. But people play a lot of things in life. People play doctor. People play whatever. You know, they get into their professions. They don't really maximize for what it's meant to be. They're just happy to be able to call themselves whatever that is, an architect, anything. And it's like, mm. no, 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 you don't have to just be an architect. Here's how you could be an architect that creates this and that you're an entrepreneur and you start using that to do other things. And I, I would tell guys now, having kind of experienced it and like, making more money than what I was before in, in certain cases and in a lot of general ways, just find ways to create that business. You have to make yourself a business person. And a lot of people you're going to work for, like, and it's kind of sad, but they're not business people. They don't know what they're doing with their money. That's why you see a lot of wrestling companies will rise and fall and die out of nowhere because they, they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I tell guys like, a way to keep yourself valuable, but also help everybody around you is to, you know, find all those little things that create 
money generation for everybody. So this way, you know, it's it's not just a personal thing. So I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I saw it as me like kind of going back to school a little bit. Like it wasn't really like, oh, this is how good I am. See how much I'm earning. It was no, like, look how much I'm figuring out about life. So really if you were to break it down percentage wise, how much you're making from actual bookings and how much you're making from other stuff like merchandise mm-hmm. or from cameos or other things like that? Um, it would, it'd be hard to make a pie chart in that way, even like a, a rough one. I don't know how I'd put a number, but one thing I would say, like when I do look at that, like in a ballpark sort of way, mm-hmm. I think people would be surprised that it's not like 98% wrestling. Yeah. A lot, of, a people, lot of people, would be a lot of people that. assume like, like, I mean, a majority of it obviously is, but then there's so much of it will come from, you know, non-wrestling appearances or like, coaching or merchandising oh. or side projects or cameos or little things like that. What do you mean non-wrestling appearances? Um, so like, and, and I guess everybody's different for me. Like, like I, I had the opportunity to do a lot of things like with the Filipino community. And we were joking like before, about, before like, we went on, like, like, it's like you, Joe Coy, <laughs> and Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> um, Manny Pacquiao is a God, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, if we were a mafia, he'd be the god of force. <laughs> um, but you know, there's, there's little opportunities that will come up for me to, to monetize appearances and then also stuff that isn't monetized, just stuff that I, like, I, I feel is like a good thing, like charities, like toy drives for Christmas, things like mm-hmm. that, that is involved with like a lot of the Filipino groups that will do certain things with the city, you know, depending on where I am or just in general. Um, uh, I am, kind of unofficially represented by by uh, a manager of sorts who also is plugged into this he's filipino and part of the aging community too so um so i guess non non-wrestling appearances stuff like that or like signings conventions things yeah. like that you know um but uh, uh so yeah when i think a lot of people if for themselves or when they look at me or others they would assume oh it's got to be like 95 percent wrestling but honestly it's it's not well it was when you started out yeah. You know, 20 plus years ago. And I think the, the key is to find ways for that number to shrink. Like, how, sure. how can you make it not 90% wrestling? How can you make it 80% or 75%? Well, because, you know, it, uh, I don't have to tell you this, but uh, it hurts a lot less to tell, sell a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 that is why I became a technical wrestler, because I, I, <laughs> I, I you know, I, it, I joke, but it's, it is kind of true, you know, if... Um, if if I can get through an event, a match, and know that man, I didn't, the other guy didn't have to fall down so much or at all, and I didn't, and the worst thing was I had to stretch the arm or leg out. If and if I do the octopus hold, they don't even have to go down; they could stay standing. It's fine. Um, I in in a lot of ways, uh, I kind of created a style for me. Not because I just thought it would be cool. Like, I did think it was unique and cool, but also because I could help another guy wrestle for 30 years and I can hopefully do it for 30 years too, you know? Is that the hope? um, You started in 98, right? Yeah, I don't, this is probably the least responsible part of me, but I have never set a goal or like an outlook on that, like what a hope would be for it. Um, (laughs) So, but I think at this point, I think, God permitting the wheels don't fall off, I'll, I'll go until they do. And then I think I'm reaching a point where now I'm starting to realize that there's value I can offer in the non-wrestling capacity as far as like what I know now. Because I find myself being a coach when I didn't intend to be mm. and guys come to me. And I've never not been the young guy in the room, you know? And I guess I am still a young guy in the room in some ways, but like guys come to me like, uh, like, hey, you need to help me with this or what do you think about this? I'm like, well, I can. I just never thought I would be in this position. It's been so long. Well, next year's 25 years. Yeah. Look Look at how many people. This is like person number 10 that has said hello to James. James. Look at James standing James up. James is loving it. Look at that. <laughs> Man. Oh, we, and of course, we've got the WrestleMania 10 cam there. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Say hey, James. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, next year's 25 years in the biz for you. Yeah. Wow. 25 years. Because you started when you were James's age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely his size. <laughs> for sure. I think that I just think that's so crazy when you told me last time that you started at 15. Like I can't imagine an indie now booking a 15-year-old. Yeah. Um 13, actually. Um, oh, sorry, 13. Yeah. yeah. And um 
It, I, I don't Wait, know. So they're not 98 then? Not, no, 98. Okay. 98, yeah. 98, I was 13. I remember because I was starting high school and I, I thought I would try to wrestle yet. I wanted to uh, join the amateur team. My school didn't have one. So that accelerated my idea like, well, I guess I'll just see, you know. And then I met a kid in, in summer school before freshman year started. You could get some of the classes done or started a little early. There was a kid there that had a, a local wrestling school shirt. And I, and I, that's foreign to me at the time. Cause remember there's like no internet then you don't really, yeah, there's no yeah. way to fit. I mean, you had AOL.com like, so you could go to like WWF.com and like check the hotline, but there was no way to like, you know, unless you were really savvy with like, and there weren't even that many message boards at the time. You had to join little chat groups or whatever. Did, yeah. yeah. Like, so a lot of people didn't, there was no way to know. So when I saw that in real life, I was like, what is that? And then. As soon as he took kind of explained to me, oh, it's just it's a local gym that you can go to. And then that was I was like, well, I can't amateur wrestle. There's no team. So I guess I'll start now. I took a screenshot of what you posted the other day on Instagram <laughs> of your eighth grade yearbook. Oh, my God. Cutie Patootie. Name TJ Perkins. Nickname Cutie Patootie. But Patootie is spelled P-E-T-U-T-I-E. Yeah, my mom filled that out. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm historically bad with, um, obligations like that. I used to skip school pictures a lot. Like, um, you know, you take them early in the year or whatever, and, uh, I would not go. So there's some yearbooks where I don't have a picture. Oh, so people think like, why were you just not in school? And it's like, I was in school. I just, you didn't. just didn't want to be there for picture day. It's not that I didn't want to. They were just like, all right, you guys got to go and take this pic. It's, I still do this now. <laughs> at work okay we need you to take pictures at 2 p.m at this you know in the gymnasium or whatever with the backdrops all set up and everybody would go and i would just not go why i don't know i just didn't feel like it so i would sit at the picnic tables and okay. eat, eat a snack or something i still do that now like um but we really need a picture somebody you, somebody asked me recently for a, an updated promo picture i said i don't have any and they're like how do you not have any and yeah. uh, they're yeah. like, you were just in the best of the super juniors. You won the the junior tag title. Surely somebody has taken a picture of you. Yeah. I was like, no, I haven't. So they're like, all right. we. So they have like a two-year-old impact picture. Oh, man. That's the one with, that we'll be using for this episode then. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I've always been really bad at that. So yeah, I didn't fill that out. Well, My, your special trait is the cool class clown combo. Well, that's how you know I didn't fill it out. I certainly would not have said it was cool. <laughs> My mom filled it out and gave me that nickname, which I told her, I said, when it was printed, I, 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 t I told her, I said, mom, that they asked for a nickname at school, not at home. And my mom, this is my mom's the Filipino side of my family. And she's like, didn't understand. She's like, well, that's what we call you. And I said, they don't call me that. I feel like you need to do the Joe Coy voice of his mom. If it's Filipino. Mom. <laughs> no, my mom is, she, she's totally whitewashed. She was, she, she wants to be like Barbie so bad. You would, if you speak to her without seeing her, you would never know she's Filipino. The best part about this is ambition. You have point guard for the Lakers or sportscaster. And I love that you said originally you would have put pro wrestler. I did actually. Cause when, um, she didn't know what to put for that. So that was blank. And so when I turned the paper in or the, the little form for the yearbook and it, it was mostly filled out and I didn't look at it or whatever. And then the teacher was like, well, what do you, you have to put for occupation? And I used to run in this, into this for career day all the time. And uh, it would always frustrate me. So I uh, took the paper back and I just wrote pro wrestler and gave it back. And I, he didn't read it right away. He just put it with the other papers. He called me in at lunch or something and was like, um, yeah, you, you can't more or less, I'm paraphrasing, but like, you can't put this as, is not a realistic goal. And I, was, and, and this is again, like I had dealt with this on career days, you know, from you start doing career days, what, from like fifth, sixth grade on. So like a few years now I had said, I'm going to be a professor someday. And teachers no, you're not do, do a real thing, plumber, firefighter, something else. And so wow. I'd, I'd have to do a different project. And so at this, uh. I was in, you know, graduating eighth grade, that was my last junior high picture. And they, I'd had enough of it. So I was like, all right, whatever. What do you want me to put? And he's like, well, what do you like? What would you want to do someday? I said, I don't know. I'm point guard for the Lakers. And then, which is, in my opinion, more unrealistic. Way more unrealistic. And I think they were like, I think they were just happier that I picked something that was a lot more um, conventional, even if it was unattainable. Mm. So it was like, okay, an organized sport that everybody recognizes. But 
And that's why I added Sportcaster because he kind of like shrugged at that and I said, well, what if I go into broadcasting or something? And I was like, well, that's something you can get an education for. I don't know. You know, Aria has a degree in journalism. So I don't know why I thought to add that right now, but I figured since since I'm with the present company, (laughs) you guys have something in common. I don't know. You guys know your way around this world. But anyway, I put that just so... Because you were a Kobe fan? Is that why you put it? Well, the, uh, Kobe was a rookie at the time, so he wasn't Kobe yet. Mm. Um, people just thought he was a, an 18-year-old kid that we may get sick of. He wasn't starting. People didn't know if he was any good yet. Yeah. I, I just have always Look at the crowd for James now. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. Ja- James, quit slouching. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was always a Laker fan, so I just said, well, I'd like to play for the Lakers. Well, I don't know if you can do that. All right, I'll call Laker games. So he accepted that answer. Wow. But then, the yeah, his name was Mr. Maxim. A year later, I was a pro wrestler. So. In your face, Mr. Maxim. <laughs> <laughs> Were you more of a Kobe fan or a Lakers fan? Lakers fan. I was a Lakers fan since Showtime. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, my dad took me to games at the Forum. I still have rally towels from, like, from, uh, you know, the, from going to the Forum for the playoff games. Um, Nick Van Exel is my favorite Laker ever. More than Kobe. Yes. Oh, I always thought you were like a big time Kobe guy. No, I am a big time Kobe guy. And I think like for me, he's like a more transcendent. Um, he is. Uh, in- inspiration. Yeah. Like I don't look at him and just think, oh, this guy was shooting guard for the Lakers. I feel like that's almost like insulting because it's like. Seriously. He's. The man won an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, he's. he's I think he's in the realm of like. Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali in terms of his influence on the world. Like yeah. he's he's so much more than what he was. But like if I just think about like my favorite Lakers, like just playing basketball growing up, it was always Nick Van Exel. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something about also when someone leaves us too early. And I think that you can think, I mean, there's hundreds of names, but you can think of like the, the legacy that James Dean had or Heath Ledger and like the Amy Winehouse, the list goes on and on yeah. and on. It's like, what, what more could they have done if they weren't taken from us so early? Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I think especially compounding with him because there was always so many what ifs just about him being hurt and maybe yeah. having, what if he would have played a few more healthy years? Yeah. Cause he was so close to like start pushing his statistical bar as far as a basketball player, like past people he was being compared to and probably to unattainable levels. Like LeBron now has a chance to do it because he's been lucky enough to be healthy for 20 years. But LeBron's put a real emphasis on being healthy. Exactly. Like and him, so, him and like Tom Brady are doing all of these very unconventional things. Yeah. So I feel like LeBron and, and Brady are like sort of like the 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 2.0 version of what people were thinking Kobe was headed for. But Kobe yeah. was doing it at a time when there was no concept of how to preserve yourself. He right. was just like, I'm going to play every game and do it and do it till I can't. And it was yeah. like, wow, like if you're ever going to romanticize a sport or an athlete, it's that guy. This is, he's going to war for 82 games no matter what. And 
and yeah, I think so. There's so many what ifs. Like, man, what if he had three more healthy years? What if he started his first two years? Nobody would score as many points as him. Nobody would have as many titles as him. Maybe I, you know who knows. One of the most impressive things about his career is how eight and twenty four are like equal chapters of his life where he was equally you like could, a you, badass. You could cut the career in half and have two Hall of Famers. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, I've seen it split and it's even. They're like, if he would have retired when he changed his number, he would have already been a Hall of Famer. So That's he's crazy. had two Hall of Fame careers And then together. he basically, you know, make, make the, his first year as, uh, at 24 as a rookie year. And again, yeah, Hall of Fame. He would have been career. a Hall of Famer, yeah. And, and yeah, and to do a decade pretty much with each, it's like, well, that's... That's a career, you know. Do you Magic. remember finding out about him dying? Yeah, actually, I these I put these on the day he died, and I haven't taken them off since. Wow. Um, and I found out I was on a, a U.S. tour from New Japan, and we were in a hotel in Nashville. And I remember getting up in the morning and waiting for the 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 tour bus to pick us up to take us to the wow. arena, and um, <laughs> for like about a year. I had an irrational anger every time I saw, um, uh, God, who are the guys that told me? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I, I, I don't care anymore, but like at the time, um, one of the other wrestlers had told me, like, hey, did you hear about Kobe? And for like six months after, every time I saw him, I was irrationally angry. And I, I loved the guy, but I remember thinking, God, I'm so mad. Um, and I was like, you know, stressed out and just don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to shoot the messenger for like a year after that. Um, but yeah, that, I remember the day that, that morning very specifically. And I had a match that day. It was me and, uh, I think Carl Fredericks and we wrestled Yano and Colcabana, I think. Mm. Yeah. And that was also the, the day that I started using the Mamba Splashes. I named it that day. I had been doing it and I didn't have a name for it. Um, Lindsay came up with it, actually. He always called it the NBA Jam because it was like the Vince Carter dunk. And, oh, said, yeah. and, I, and I remember saying, you know, Kobe did that dunk too, under the legs. That's how he won the dunk contest. So that day I named it the Mama Splash because of that. Oh, so that, I mean, that's great. You wrestled with those on? Mm-hmm. And I think it drives some people crazy because I still tape my hands up and I'll wear this over the top and like, uh, in Mexico, the actual like medical trainers will tape my hands, like you know, with medical proficiency, not just like crappy. I'm a pro wrestler in a locker room. I don't know what I'm doing. Proficiency, right? <laughs> and they're like trying to work around these things, and I'm like, they don't come off, brother. Sorry. One day they're gonna break. It'll <laughs> be the saddest day. Yeah, I know, and I'll, I, I guess I could just add them as tattoos. Here. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you have a Lakers tattoo? I have a Kobe one. Oh, yeah. There's from, eight. Yeah. And then I have another one back here. What? Uh, oh, yes. I see that. Is, uh, the Mamba. Yeah. The later symbol. For yeah. Later you have a Vegas tattoo on the other arm? Yeah. This one is all, I think we talked about this before. This, yeah. this arm is all like landmarks. In my yeah. Life. It's like everywhere you've been. Yeah. You know, you got things you've done. Santa Monica. It's where, oh, yeah. The pier. Yeah. New Japan had scouted me. I got this. This one is. People always think it's a Jason mask, which, you know, I am a, a horror buff and it is sort of that, like a slasher mask. But I got it for Canada because I lived in Caledon for a little while. You lived in Caledon? Across the street from Josh Alexander when he was just like a chubby youngster trying to get into the business. <laughs> he told me this later. He was like, yeah, he, he, the, guy, the guys I stayed for were the promoters for UWA. There's two brothers and they were young guys and they, they, if for, for indie fans that may hear this and, and don't know in the mid to late two thousands, they pretty much created like ring of honor Canada. Like as far as the way the show felt and the types of talent they would book and bring in from out. Um, and it was and the production value was great. And it was just these two brothers that had a t-shirt printing company and just put their a t-shirt printing company. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Their dad their dad was like a, a I think a glass blower. Like he did windows and stuff. Wow. I think he did the windows at the ho hockey hall of fame. I don't I don't even I was living, I think, in Ontario at the time. I don't yeah. remember this. So uh so then they they were still living with their mom and they had a uh they had a wrestling school because they they got a ring and put it in the warehouse that they did their t-shirt printing. They just printed band t-shirts or whoever needed a run of merch shirts, right? Man. And then they started running shows and they just 
you know, one of them was in the was the commentary guy, and the other was a wrestler on the show. And they, these two brothers built this incredible pr- promotion for like a yeah. few years. And I lived with them when I just wanted to get into a new part of the world and just you know work in a different place. And I thought, you know, the Northeast is right here. I live in Canada for a while, and and uh, the whole time, I guess. Uh, they used to like ride bikes with Josh Alexander or something. Wow. And look at him now. Yeah. We need to talk about your hair because you walked in here wearing a hat. Yeah. And it looks like you spent half an hour in your hair. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've spent the last seven days not touching it or washing it. So. <laughs> what? It's, I don't know. I, um, I'm not, I'm actually not good at doing hair. Come on, You're known for your hair. Uh, well, I'm, I'm no good at it. And every time I get my hair cut, I always tell the girl will ask like, well, what do you do? Like, how do you style? It? And I'll say, man, you know, I have this really curly hair. It's thick. It's unruly. I don't know how to do it. And they're like, do you want me to straighten or whatever? And I always, I always say yes, please. Cause I, I need to like learn something new about it. And no matter how much I've ever tried, it always looks, I look like weird science, like beaker from, you know, <laughs> was it the Muppets? Or yeah. Something. Yeah. And, uh, and over the course of like seven days, it, I just, I don't know, like, like a, bur- what? like a burnout rock and roll band guy. I just don't touch my hair or wash it. And then it starts to look like this and people think that it looks all right. I think we all need to know what kind of product you're using in there. If it looks like this <laughs> after seven days. Well, I straighten it with a flat iron. I don't know how to use it. So like I said, it's all over the place. And usually I'll tuck it under a hat and then however it's messed up is how... I accept it. Uh, but, and the only product I use, um, I think right now I'm using that pomade from Suavecito, I think. It's kind of popular. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. the one you're talking about. Yeah. It has a picture of like the dude on the front. It's like a skeleton yeah, guy. He's like a greaser. Yeah. yeah. So I use that. And I, yeah, I just straighten it and then I'll mess it up and then tuck it under a hat. And then like three or four hours later, however it's been mashed down, I leave it. Don't it just t- doesn't I don't move. touch it for seven or eight days. <laughs> You know, you've been in wrestling so long that you were tr- you were at UPW the same time that John Cena was at UPW. Yeah, that's wild to think about. I so uh, I don't know. Maybe you picked this up from because I tweeted about this the other day. Because uh, somebody, I think somebody else said it, and they're like, you know, he's been wrestling longer than Cena. And I I I replied. To, I don't reply to a lot, but I replied to that, and I I, <laughs> I said that's not that's not like. I don't know. Like in my head, I was like, that's not the flex you think it is. And I was, uh, oh, they said it's, it, oh, fun fact. And I said, it's not that. Because <laughs> like, he's, he's so good at successful and I'm not anywhere close to John. Well, nobody is, except no. for like maybe The Rock. But yeah, I remember thinking like, I was like, uh, which coincidentally, I only started like a year or two after The Rock. That, so now imagine, that's crazy. Imagine being sandwiched between those guys and saying, wow, how is their career winding down <laughs> with their DC movies? And like, <laughs> and like mine, I'm hoping is still getting started. <laughs> you, I mean, you started wrestling during the Attitude Era. You weren't working for WWF, but you started during the Attitude Era. Yeah. And uh, the Cruiserweight tournament was interesting for me because I was, I remember telling some of the guys, because uh, for a lot of those guys, it was their first wrestling job. You know, some of them were like personal trainers. They worked in like Best Buy or like, like Ali was a cop, you know, like some of these guys, it was their first wrestling job. They had no experience. They were a little nervous. They didn't really know how to fit in. And like, it was their first experience at that level. And I remember telling these guys, I'm like, guys, I've been so old. I'm so old. I could have been in the first cruise rate division. In WCW. Yeah. Like that was my goal when I broke in. I remember thinking, I want to be like Jericho and Guerrero, you know, like Malenko, Benoit, all these guys that are like putting all these building blocks down and that if I was old enough, that's what I would have wanted to be. You know, like I want to wrestle Chavo on Monday Nitro or something. Like, have would, you wrestled Chavo? Yes, I have. Okay, good. And I, I, yeah, it's a blast. I love it. I, it's very strange to think that you started around the same time as the rock. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your Marvel movies coming out? Oh yeah. I, I, I think I told that guy my DC movie is in development right now. <laughs> Your DC. Yeah, yeah. DC, not Marvel. Hopefully I'll get, I'll just get a bit part on the boys and call it a day. That, that Are you be- interested in acting? Um, not especially. I was an actor when I was a kid. I remember. Yeah. I still have my headshot. My mom had Hulk Hogan sign it one time. She, oh. she would keep some of them, of course, because she, she's a flight attendant. She likes to brag about her son. Um, and <laughs> uh, 
she had Hulk Hogan on a flight and she went into first class and brought him this picture of my headshot. I was like, will you sign it? So I have a Hulk Hogan, big, big tear signed a, signed a headshot, my own headshot. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing about it. Yeah. I wonder what Hulk Hogan's reaction was. I would love to bring it to him someday. Oh, like, you go, should. Go see him in his shop or something. He does and, the signings at the beach shop all the yeah. time. Yeah, And because, you know, I, I spent a few years with him or a year or so like with him in, in TNA and working like with him a lot, doing yeah. promos and things. And I learned a lot from him. And he was, he was such a gracious uh, 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 person. And he was just so much one of the boys. And I can't stress this enough. He's so so like normal to be around like he's so down to earth and approachable and like cool and you wouldn't think that because he's like like we're talking about like kobe is like we're like muhammad ali or baby like like hulk hogan michael jordan like these are guys that are like hulk hogan's a cultural icon yeah you in the world somebody knows what that silhouette looks like that mustache the hair and the ripped up shirt and the yellow and red like Non-wrestling fans born in the last 10 years in Nicaragua knows what Hulk Hogan is somehow because there's like, there's a a transcendent cultural presence with him in pop culture, you know? Even if you've never watched wrestling a day in your life, you know exactly who Hulk Hogan is. Yes. I mean, that that Hulk Hogan is wrestling. Yes. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And, and so you would think that he's, that he, he's definitely got the past to not be like, a cool guy or a nice guy, but he is. He's great. Um, somebody, uh, Jolene, the seamstress, she she worked for Impact and works uh, for WWE now. She's a good friend of mine. And uh, she lives in Tampa. And so she was saying one time, she was traveling for TV for Impact. And she goes, it was the funniest thing because, you know, uh, Hogan comes from the Tampa Clearwater area. So they would be on the same travel, like, geographically. And she was like, the company, for some reason, booked us both on Southwest. And it's like, Jolene, I understand. Yeah. Or anybody else, I understand. Yeah. But not Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, put him on a real flight in first class. If he doesn't have his own accommodation somehow, I don't know what he has yeah. or not. But, but she said it was the funniest thing because it just, he was totally not self, like he didn't, like it didn't matter to him like he didn't even think about it it was like oh well i gotta go to this gate and i how does this boarding work he's standing with like 30 other total strangers with his like stuff and she's like i had to say no you can't stand here and she walked him up to the front and said listen this is you know who this is this is hulk hogan you you have to board him ahead of everybody else or different so that he's not not because he demands it or because you need to treat him better but like it's literally going to cause a scene like people aren't going to board the plane because they're going to try to talk to them. You got to, you got to like accommodate them differently. <laughs> well, the funny thing about Southwest is you don't get assigned a seat. So you get on yes. the seat. It's kind of like, so that's, that was the thing. She said he didn't know how to board the plane. So she was like, oh, it's, you have to stand there. But she was like, I wasn't telling him to stand there. I was just explaining to him how it, how it works. And she assumed he obviously has some other accommodation, but he was like, like everybody else, like, oh, okay, I'll just stand here. It's like, yeah, I'll sign this, brother. But then the picture. thing is, once <laughs> when you're boarding the plane, you decide, like, all right, do I want a, do I want a window seat? Do I want an aisle seat? Right. Do I want to sit next to that person? Do I want to go further to, to the back of the plane? Everyone would just want to sit near Hulk Hogan, I would think. Oh yeah, so that's why she was like, you got to get him seated and like kind of help him out here because because he was not like he wasn't pulling like. A Hogan card. Like he was like not saying like I'm I need this or that. He was like, oh, this is what everybody does. And I, I I'll always remember that story as like if you've ever met him or spent time with him, that is him in a nutshell. He's always been so kind to me. I've interviewed him three times. And I remember the second interview, he knew exactly where the other interview was, what we talked about, when it was. I was like, You kidding me? He must do a thousand interviews a year. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw you last time, WrestleMania 30 uh, in uh, New Orleans, brother. We talked about this. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Wow. He's, 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 he's one of the boys, like, through and through. I, I remember, like, we had a talent meeting one time at 3 p.m. We were, a bunch of the guys came out of different locker rooms at the same time. Again, this was, like, when Tina was in, like, different arenas. So we had different locker rooms and stuff. And we're looking for, like, how do we get to the ring? And here he comes out of a locker room. Of course, he did have his own locker, but he came out just walking with everybody else. Like, where? what time is this thing at, brother? Like, where are we going? And I was like, 
I feel like you would either be exempt from this <laughs> or you're the one running yeah. this thing. Like you're the one that's going to tell us stuff to do. Yeah. And he was just like anybody else. Like, no, I'm just here to, I'm, 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 I'm waiting to get told what to do like everybody else. And I was like, I was like, dude, you're, you're so cool. <laughs> like, you're so wow. nice for, for who you are. Yes. You're so nice. You know? And it's not like he's not aware. Like he is. I'm sure that there's some ways where he probably like definitely throws his weight around, obviously, but like, when you're around him, he looks out for people. He's very down to earth and he's always been really loyal to people and like looked out for people. Like he's, he's incredible. And I love hearing stories like this about Hogan. And I love telling the stories that I've had with the interactions I've had with him, because there's a lot of people that have, that think about Hulk Hogan in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like that's not going to work for me, brother. And you know, like, I think this- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I remember I was like, we were walking down the hall of the, Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland to do this interview. And I turned to him, I said, thank you. Like, thank you for doing interviews still because you're at the level where you don't need to do them. No, yeah, and absolutely. he turns to me and he goes, I'm at the level I'm at now because I still do them. And I went, wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he, he cares. He doesn't, he, he, I don't know. It's just, he's, he's, he's a dude like everybody else. And I, I've always, I always thought that was the coolest thing when I met him and, and experienced that with him. Yeah. Uh, last time you told me you weren't that interested in doing the Cruiserweight Classic, and it was William Regal who talked you into it. Yeah. How did he talk you into it? Um, he just kept asking me to do it. Really. <laughs> he call, like, he called me one okay, day, Mr. Regal. I was doing I was doing mocap for motion capture, the stunt work for the WWE video game at the time. And were you doing it with Eli Drake? Because he does a lot of that. I don't know if he was there that day, but oh, yeah, sorry, I Max did. Do. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it a lot with him. I think I, I, I might have been the guy that got him on the crew when he was there. Okay, because I've been doing it for a long time now, and um, low key helped me get on. And I remember from that point on, whenever they would ask, I would try to help get other guys on. So I would get Scorpio Sky on, you know, um, uh, Sean Ricker, you know, for a while. Just anybody, right? Kenny King. Um, anybody that lived in LA basically or just anybody that like because they, they kind of look for certain body types or certain movement or whatever so like hey I know a guy just try to sp- spread the spread the wealth yeah. you know like try to help help pass pa- pass it on sure. you know yeah. um, but anyway we're, I was at mocap and uh, he left me a voicemail and then, and then he called back again and I, I answered it and he asked me to do it I didn't turn it down like I didn't have any reason not to not necessarily want to do it what I didn't think I was going to do was sign and stay with the company. But I, I knew when he asked me, I was like, well, this is, this might be like a generational thing. Like This could be like the new Jacob, you know? Mm. And I don't particularly care about legacy things. I don't care about my own legacy at all. If I retired today and my wiki disappeared or people never knew I existed, I'd be fine with that because this is just a job and then only doing it to protect my family and all that. I enjoy it. I love it. But in terms of like flagpole moments. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care about that. So I, I don't usually care about this stuff, but I thought, you know, this is going to be something that in history is like going to go like 20 years from now, some kid's going to be like, man, that cruiser classic. So I knew yeah. I had the foresight to know it was going to be special because the company never does stuff like this yeah. at the time. We're still at the tail end of the FCW era where, where I thought I was like, man, that this company only likes big dudes, brother. They don't, yeah, big dudes and models. So that's it. And so I remember thinking, wow, stuff is changing here now. So I, I, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this yeah. one event. Uh, I just didn't think I would stay. Um, but yeah, he just he called me a couple times, and then he called me a couple more times, and then a few <laughs> more times, and it kept. It was starting to become where he was. He was now looking for help to fill out the rest of the field. He's like, "Do you know guys from different parts of the world, or who are we missing? Like, what are guys like you? So can, who'd you get on board then?" Um, I mean, I don't know who I got on board. A lot of the guys may have been people that had already been on the radar, just people I recommended. I think I recommended Dorada, um, um, Grand Dorada, Metallic. yeah, Met- yeah, Metallic, and then um, uh, some different guys because uh, primarily they he was asking me in case they were missing international talent. Hmm. I knew that they had, I mean, plenty of of domestic talent, but he was like, "Is there anybody in Mexico or Japan that you know that we're not seeing?" And and I would just kind of let them know if there were some people and I don't know who all they contacted or got, got for it or they already knew, but, but we did it. And then it was, it was after the second round with uh, Gargano for my match anyway. Um, after that, 
particular part of the tournament was where they were they put us all in a room and they were they were giving us offers one by one. And that was the day I was like, I, I kept turning them down. I turned them down like three times. <laughs> um, and they still let you win the tournament without signing a contract. Yes, I didn't sign until Clash of the Champions. Um, I had some time between the final and Clash agreed to sign, but I hadn't signed. So I guess I could have left. <laughs> but then you won the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, it's, it's a constant, you know, I could have been Medusa <laughs> with my friends. We talk about it all the time. That's got to be a great moment, though. That, like in hindsight, that has to be a great tentpole flag, you know, planting your flag moment. Um, yeah, I mean, it was special and obviously it changed my life in so many ways forever. Um, more importantly to me, I think it gave a lot of people inspiration that they hadn't found it in somebody else. Like I still meet people all the time that like they're young adults now and they were like maybe kids at the time. God, it's so hard to, or it's crazy to think that that was what, six years ago. But like, um, you know, or like I'll meet people and they're like, oh, yeah, my kids, like you're, you're their favorite wrestler. Or like, especially with like the Filipino community, like, oh, my, I watched it with my aunt and uncle or my grandparents. We cried. They cried when they saw it. Oh, they wow. don't even like wrestling, but it was like they just a Filipino doing that. Yeah. Like maybe they don't like boxing, but they cry when Pacquiao wins because it's like <laughs> it means something to see that. Yeah. You know, and that that was big for me. Yeah. Um, more so than like what it was for me personally it was mm. like what like this created things that's bigger than me and i remember thinking wow that's that's crazy i never would have thought like like you know kids in the philippines would be like grouping up all in one house that has the one laptop that they could watch the network on and see this event you know it's like when you hear about like like a soccer player winning the world cup and people in his home country are gathering in front of like storefront tvs yeah, that yeah. are just left on all night so people could watch it on the sidewalk because, you know, somebody's playing in the yeah. final. Like, that's what it felt like. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I never would have thought that. I can't wait for you to see Joe Coy's new movie, <laughs> Easter <laughs> Sunday. It's an entirely <laughs> Filipino cast. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to see it. Lou uh, Diamond Phillips in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he, I think I ruined Oh, it's a spoiler. No. <laughs> I, I, he might be, and I heard a rumor. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it's so good to see you. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for introducing the world to James. He's been behind your back here, very, very popular with everybody walking by. <laughs> he grabbed him. Oh, grab him. People have been taking photos of him as he's been sitting there. Uh, it's, I love that we have this camera. This is so good. We can do a play-by-play. -play. And TJ picks him up, brings him back over to the desk. That's a lot of slobber on your face, buddy. Wow. That's good. Oh, and, and look at this. He, he's already won a championship. Congrats. You see that? That's so great. You see that? There you go, buddy. It's not like the Stanley Cup. You can still win it after you touch it. <laughs> but if you're, in, you're trying to make you a hockey player. Like, so, yeah, we, we really don't want him to wrestle Ari and I. We want him to like go into baseball or hockey or something and make better money and do a cooler sport. Hockey's, I, as a Canadian, I've always said hockey's a great sport for Americans to get into. Because if you grow up in Canada playing hockey, oh, the field, everyone, yeah, right. You grow up playing hockey. It's like here. trying to be a soccer player in Spain. Or this something. is exactly yeah. what it's like. You grow up being a hockey player here, you've got a much better chance because there's a lot less people playing. Yes, and um, uh, uh, hockey is Arya's favorite sport. Look at those, and cheeks. it's my favorite sport too. Big Kings guy. He's got his. I guess they're like Raiders pants on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I say. So I end every conversation talking about gratitude because it's a big thing for me. Yeah. I say out loud when I wake up three things I'm grateful for in the morning. What are three things you're grateful for? I usually just uh, say Aria and James three times. <laughs> There's uh, one of my favorite people to follow. Um, they're just like a normal account on Twitter. Usually they, they do a lot of historical stuff or like some political stuff, but like it's this woman, she's like really smart and like, dissects the constitution a lot and just she's a uh, uh, like a lifelong student and uh one of her daily things and this has nothing to do with that content but like one of her daily things she'll say what is your good thing today mm. and it's just like just to have people like make a thread like what's one one thing you're happy about today every single time i just put a new picture of of the kiddo and, and aria usually of them falling asleep on the couch or something. But honestly that it, it is i mean that's 
the biggest thing in the world isn't my job or what I do anymore. It hardly was before when I was younger, but especially now setting the bag down and walking in and seeing them fall asleep to like kid shows on Netflix or something is that's, that's the dream come true. He agrees. Yeah, bud. He likes cars. That's what he likes. Well, maybe he'll, who knows? He could do anything. That's the great thing. No, the movie. Oh, the movie car. (laughs) I thought you meant he likes actual cars, playing with cars. Oh, say something, buddy. Oh, he was so close. He was going to say his his one sentence that he knows. Dada. Well, as you as you put him away there, give him his bottle. I will say, TJP, it's always such a pleasure. I love that we are able to do this in person every time. <laughs> no, it works. Always out in great. Vegas. Yeah, it works. I could, this yeah. studio is great. Yeah, no, we're very grateful. To Way be better than here. Excalibur. Excalibur's fine. I mean, it's good. I, I, if I could order a cheeseburger the same way, who's it? Max that ordered room service. Oh, what is? He's the worst. <laughs> um, MJF is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, man. Well, thank you for having me. I can't wait to do it again. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, of course, to TJ and James for being with us inside the beautiful, incredible, unbelievably awesome Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Las Vegas. And I feel like he's got a future wrestler on his hands. You need to check out this interview on YouTube to see what I'm talking about. That is a big baby. Little dude is, he is going to be a monster. Share this episode with a friend and take a screenshot so we can share it on social media as well. TJ is at Mega TJP. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and Robin Sharma said it best when he said, Bravery is the solution to regret. Chew on that one a little bit. Be great and be grateful. We will see you tomorrow with Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco for another episode of Insight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.